0: Hey there, legal friends. Welcome to this episode of The Legal Page Podcast. In today's episode, I am going to talk about the most overlooked contracts. And as entrepreneurs, we are so used to just that generic client agreement. And that's where I want you to start. Okay, Definitely start with a super, super solid, top to bottom, fully comprehensive client agreement that is going to ensure that your business is fully protected. But once you do that as a business owner, I want you to start adding certain contracts to your legal toolkit and there's a lot of contracts that are overlooked that people just don't really even think about as online entrepreneurs or small business owners in today's day and age. So that is what I'm going to talk about in today's episode. Think, model release, podcast guest agreements, agreements. we're going to get into it in this episode. So let's do this, my friends. are listening to The Legal Page Podcast, where we chat about life and business with a legal twist. I'm Paige, attorney and photographer helping online businesses and creatives tackle their business dreams without breaking out in hives. No more legal mumbo jumbo. This podcast features simple bite-sized advice that'll have you legally legit in no time. Are you ready? Let's get started. As a reminder, before we get into this episode, I am legally obligated to give my disclaimer. So I am an attorney, but I am not your attorney. All legal information I talk about on this episode is intended for the masses and a large variety of different businesses. I am only your attorney when you hire me and we sign an engagement letter for me to work specifically on your legal issues. Please feel free to seek out another attorney in your hometown if you need specific legal advice or contact me for more information. Alrighty, here's the episode, friends. Okay, if you've listened to the podcast before, you guys know that I literally just start right away. There's no beating around the bush or like trying to add some stories to what's going on. I'm here to divulge as much legal information at you as possible In very simple form, so you can get it. If you're new, that's what we do. This is how I run my podcast. So owner agreements. That is something that is often overlooked for contracts as a business owner. When you are starting your business, it really doesn't matter if you're a sole proprietor, an LLC, or a partnership. If you don't have some type of operating agreement in place, you could be kicking yourself later on down the road. And this is especially true if you are in a partnership with someone and you have someone else. I cannot begin to tell you how many legal issues I have come up with in my um, you know years in practice that have to do with friends who go into business together and they're partners and then they split up. Or, God forbid, it's like spouses coming together and then it just gets even messier. So if you have more than one person in your business you absolutely have to have an operating agreement that explains what happens when the business dissolves, what happens when the business breaks up, is there buyouts and deadlocks, what occurs when miscommunications and deadlocks happen, like I just said. Um, there's so many different things that you need to include in this type of operating agreement. and It, it essentially explains what happens from the day-to-day business aspect of your business, who's in control of what who owns what share of the business, who's, uh, you know, contributing capital contributions to the business. Uh, But it also explains what would occur when those what if situations happen so that you're not kind of talking about a he said, she said situation or backpedaling later on down the road. You can just go to your business's operating agreement and say, this was our plan. This is what's going to occur. This is what we all signed off on. So owner agreements is a big one. And if you are registering for an LLC, Articles of Organization is those are the main things that you file with your state. It's the form you go through online. That's just the main document that says you want to operate as an LLC. But it doesn't have the requirement of you inputting an operating agreement. It's optional usually when you're filing your articles of organization. I always just tell people it's a really good idea to get a template operating agreement. We have one at thelegalpage.com and that is a good thing to have whether you are a single owned business owner or you have partners. But like I said, partners absolutely need to have some type of partnership agreement or operating agreement in place. Now, aside from owner agreements, something else that's often overlooked is worker agreements, which is funny. Uh, I think people are becoming more accepting of worker agreements as there's lots of more information out there from legal resources and the online space. I think lawyers were kind of non-approachable for the most part. 10, 20 years ago, like very recently, I think some are still very non-approachable if I do say so myself, but worker agreements is just something people were afraid to implement. Cause they're like, why do I really need this? Do I really need a second shooter agreement? Do I really have to have them sign an independent contractor agreement? Can not we just like agree to this back and forth via email? What if I have like an assistant that's working for me in my HMUA business that list can go on and on. And the one thing you need to have in place though, is a designated contract with them. Uh, it legally protects you and your business. It ensures that they really do kind of look like a contractor if that's where you want them to be. Uh, and if you don't, then you're getting kind of you're opening yourself up for the risk of them looking like an employee. And so independent contractor agreements, second shooter agreements, those type of things are really, really good to have in place when you're hiring out help. In those type of agreements, you're going to see things like non-solicitation, non-disparagement, work made for hire clause, independent contractor status, and fees within those type of contractual agreements. All of those clauses you can always find at thelegalpage.com in any of our second shooter and independent contractor agreements If you go to our website, you find those contracts and you click on what's included, it's going to tell you the list of all of the clauses that you should have included in your contractor and worker agreements. Another contract that's often overlooked is a model release form. And this is primarily for photographers and videographers if you're listening in. A model release is basically like a very simplistic document that you get from your models who are on hand for their permission to publish their pictures and use for your commercial benefit. This is really good to do for styled shoots, make them sign some type of model release. I like to have a four corner document model release for them to sign if they are doing any type of styled shoot or you're giving them photos for free to like hopefully promote your mini sessions or something on those lines. It's really, really important, especially for minors too, if you're shooting any type of minors for your own business's benefits, like if you're a high school senior photographer or something to that effect, uh, or any type of lifestyle or brand photography and videography as well. If there's like models in the background, you need model releases because you want the assignment of their name and likeness in, you know, or just person in the photo and video Um, to be assigned to you and your business to be able to use for commercial purposes. So it's a very simple contract, and it's something that I think a lot of photographers and videographers overlook. They just think that a model release clause will cover them, but oftentimes you actually need a whole contract. Another contract that's becoming more and more available (laughs) to people and just really at the forefront of people's minds is what happens when you're on a podcast podcast. So if you're a guest on a podcast, uh, I've been on I've been on quite a few podcasts and then I've had people on my podcast. So you guys, um, I definitely implement this system because I'm an attorney and I'm weird like that and I have to have all my legal stuff, all my legal shiz handled. But I have noticed that other people don't have podcast guest agreements and this is a big no-no. So if you are a guest on a podcast and you're not signing an agreement, probably ask for one or make one and send it to them. And if you are running podcasts and you're listening in, make sure that you add podcast guest agreements to your workflow. Essentially, what this guest agreement does is it explains how the episode is going to be disseminated probably worldwide that your company owns the copyright ownership over the over their name, likeness, voice, so on and so forth, all the information that they give in the episode. What their duties are as a guest, that they have no control over the editing of the podcast. Of course, there's a little give and take there. Like you want that to be kind of blanketly stated in your podcast guest agreement. And then you can waive that provision if there's like a mess up in the episode and you need to go back and edit. Uh, and there's gonna be a lot of other important clauses in this as well. This is simple. You can just have this form up in like Google Docs, but podcast guest agreements need to be utilized more. And I'm not sure why they aren't. Uh, So add this to your legal toolkit as well. It's highly, highly overlooked in the online world. Contracts are so important because they draw boundaries, get everyone on the same page, give more flexibility to modify and amend the roles and responsibilities of the parties, hold all parties to their obligations and duties and set forth fees to be paid our tlp contracts are easy to use fill in the blank templates that are geared towards your specific industry inside each contract is every clause you will ever need to protect yourself your business and your clients the legal page shop is filled with contract templates for photographers health and wellness professionals various wedding vendors decorators influencers and more use the discount code T-L-P Podcast 10 at checkout for 10% off. And you want to go to thelegalpage.com. That's e.com thelegal, And don't forget to input the code T-L-P Podcast 10 at checkout for 10% off. and this is in particular to photographers here, it is a must. If you don't have a print release form in your legal toolkit, like go get one now. Like we have a really simple one at legalpage.com and I don't tell you often, like push you to go get something. I'm like, eh, if you want to consider it, like definitely I would just check out and you know, make your own decision. You're the maker of your own life. Uh, but this one, I seriously think you need to <laughs> Um, this should be a part of your photography workflow. You should be sending your clients a print release form that has your signature at the bottom anytime they want to print. Everything is like now not super IPS. I know there are photographers who still do in you know in-person sales, and that's great. They make a chew ton of money from doing that. And I'm all about it. I've listened to some of them at conferences and I'm like, oh, I was a shoot and burn photographer, or whatever they want to call us, digital photographer. Let's just say that. And I just gave so many images and I was like, you can use it for whatever, for your personal purposes. But a print release form nowadays is basically mandatory to give your clients because your clients have the ability, if you're giving them all of the digital files for their photos, they can print for their personal use wherever. And now there's online platforms that ask for print release forms on behalf of a photographer. If in the metadata, it is copyrighted by a photographer, they're going to ask for a print release form And you don't want your clients to have to come back and ask you for this. If you just give it to them, they have it on hand and they can use it when they need to. Uh, And then in-person printing services as well, like if your client goes to Walgreens or Walmart or Costco, um, a lot of those companies are phasing out printing services, but it's still a reality that they could ask for a print release form And God forbid your clients get there and they can't get their photos because you never gave them one. So when you have it in writing, it really sets the tone at the beginning of your photography relationship regarding how they can use uh, their images for personal use only and not for commercial use. Like they can't send those images to a third party uh, and get paid for them. So print release forms are really, really great to have. And it's, again, a simple one-pager document, and you're going to add this to your photography workflow when you're delivering galleries. The next contract that's often overlooked that I definitely wanted to talk about in this episode is speaker contracts. So if you are going to different conferences and workshops and you want to ensure you're covered when you speak at a conference you or retreat even, Uh, You need to have them sign a speaker contract. So lots of times event organizers don't supply you with a contract. If it's not a big conference and it's just a small retreat or a workshop, uh, they probably are just going to, it's like going to be an email exchange where you're saying, hey, will you do this? Or I'll pay you for your flight and that's it. Or maybe an Airbnb too. Um, hopefully there's a little bit more compensation involved. I could get into a whole uh, episode on this. I, I have one on the legal page podcast with Jessica Rosdahl, who was my speaking coach uh, a couple years ago. And she really talks about speaker agreements. We go in depth in that episode. So if you want a little more information, do that. Uh, and, you know, listen to that episode in the legal page podcast, but speaker agreements, you guys are very, very important It explains compensation, an explanation of kind of what your deliverables are going to be, how much time you have to speak at the event, when you're expected to be there in person and present, do you get a little bit of off time in the evenings, what time do you need to be there in the mornings. You're probably an independent contractor for them. So if they're paying you over $600, it doesn't look like an employee You're going to invoice them. They'll send you a check or obviously pay you online. That's probably the reality of the situation. Uh, If you're selling any type of items or offering promotional items at the retreat or workshop or conference or event, all of those things are going to be in your speaker agreement. And so that is a highly overlooked contract that I didn't want to leave off this list. And then finally, in the wedding industry, third-party payer addendums. This is not necessarily a contract, it's called an addendum. So it's an addition to your client agreement. But if you have any third party who is paying for your services, i.e. mom or dad are paying for your services, uh, but you are servicing the clients, like the spouses at the wedding, they need to be the ones listed under the main client contract and signing at the bottom. And then your third party is, is going to sign your third-party payer addendum. So this is an easy attachment to your existing contract and they agree to pay for your services essentially. It ensures that that third-party payer assumes the responsibility for payment that they understand and agree to not being the client you are servicing. So mom and dad are paying, but they're not dictating what you're doing day of. I have had this in the wedding world and it's like no fun. So I just want you to avoid this at all costs with the third party payer addendum. Um, and that the non-refundable retainer applies to them as the payor, even if you don't, uh, you know, actually serve the clients or the clients decide to completely cancel, that the non-refundable retainer also applies to the third-party payer. And there's more that are included in this addendum. Again, this is a short little nugget that is applied after your client agreement. Oftentimes in CRM systems, if you have an online CRM system, this type of addendum can't be attached to the original agreement, but you could have a subsequent contract, like a second contract, And you could add a third client onto that contract. And then in the language at the top of this addendum, instead of it being like a whole contract at the top, you're going to have information that kind of uh, explains that this is in addition to the original agreement signed by clients sent by X company Uh, And this is specifically for third party payer purposes. And then you explain all of the different clauses. And then you have your third party payer sign at the bottom there. So you're going to reference the original agreement if your CRM system has you do two separate contracts. But oftentimes you can have signature lines kind of in the, you know, near like three fourths to the bottom of your contract, right? and the um, original terms and agreements are above that signature line for your two clients and yourself as the company. And then you can also have your third-party payer addendum there at the bottom and then have client three, which is your third-party payer, sign. So it just kind of depends on what your online system and contract platform allows you to do. As a little overview, here are the much overlooked contracts that we talked about today. Owner agreements, like LLC operating agreements, worker agreements, such as an independent contractor, second shooter agreements, model release forms, podcast guest agreements, speaker agreements, print release forms, and third-party payer addendums. If you don't have any of these contracts, forms, or addendums in your legal toolkit as a business owner, I highly suggest you get them ASAP. You can, of course, find all of these contract templates at thelegalpage.com, and I hope that you will consider them as your business starts growing and flourishing. I am wishing you all of the best business juju, my friends. Thanks so much for tuning in today, and I'll see you soon. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Legal Page Podcast. See, I told you being legally legit isn't so scary. Be sure to visit thelegalpage.com for all show notes. And it would be super awesome if you could head over to iTunes and leave a review. Last but not least, don't forget to join my free Facebook group for unlimited legal and biz Q&A. Chat soon, Legal Pagers. Attention all service industry business owners, are you absolutely certain your current contract has you protected and set up for success? I've got some game-changing news for you. I've created a free checklist with all the essential clauses that you will need in your service industry contract. From force majeure to severability, cancellation to rescheduling, transferability, and even venue and jurisdiction, I've covered it all to make sure you stay protected and set for success. Don't take any chances with your business's future. Head over to Instagram and DM me the word checklist to grab your free guide. That's right. Just go over to The Legal P-A-I-G-E on Instagram and DM me the word checklist. With this checklist in hand, you'll have the confidence to never get in a pickle with a client and ensure your business is 100% safeguarded.